Welcome back, listeners. This is Fantasy Island. I'm Bombo, coming at you with Week 7 storylines and how it impacts the rest of your season. But as always, follow, like, subscribe, Fantasy Island with two eyes, Fantasy Island podcast. Go ahead and get that viewership up so that me and the guys can continue to bring you the best fantasy football content out there. Just three guys giving you the facts, taking out all the fluff so that you can be the champion at the end of your season. So we'll get right into it in our ballers, bums, and overachievers and how it impacts the rest of your season. So for week seven ballers, I'm going to put the whole national tight end day as a baller. So hear me out. Like Sweet Tea likes to say, I am your resident conspiracy theorist. To me, a lot of this stuff that happens in the NFL is very WWE, very booked. But one thing we could all agree on is National Tight End Day has become an official thing. Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Kittle, Goddard, Hawkinson all had either their best day of the year or their second to best day of the year on National Tight End Day. What does that tell you? This is a thing. Coaches, offensive coordinators, players are all bought into this National Tight End Day. And this is a day that you can circle on your calendars that the tight end that you drafted is probably going to get targeted a lot. So on my ballers list, you have everyone I just mentioned, Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Kittle, Goddard, Hawkinson, all of them balled out on National Tight End Day. Going forward, that is going to be a thing. But also going forward for the rest of the weeks this year, these guys may not perform as well as they did on this day. Probably Kelsey can still be counted on for some pretty big games, but this may be the biggest game of your current starting tight ends entire season, but that's okay. Next year, just remember on National Tight End Day, your tight end is going to go off. Another week seven baller, Lamar Jackson, 357 yards in the air, three touchdowns, 36 yards on the ground, another touchdown. With Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, this offense is officially clicking. Everyone's healthy, including Odell Beckham, and Lamar's getting hot at the right time, unlike last year where he got hot at the beginning of the year to give everybody a solid four weeks to start the season. Now he's doing it in the meat and potatoes of the fantasy season, week seven and on. Ride that to the wheels, fall off. I think Lamar Jackson solidifies himself as a top five quarterback going forward. Yeah, I'm putting my coconuts out there, but am I really? Lamar Jackson is who we thought he was, but now he's getting it done through the air. This isn't a fluke. Lamar Jackson will continue to flourish as long as, A, they're playing defenses that are willing to let him be a pocket passer, and he, B, keeps on showing them he can do it. With a little bit of extra on the side, he gets it done with his legs. Count on Lamar Jackson being a top five quarterback rest of season. Another week seven baller, Jonathan Taylor, old JT, 120 total yards with a touchdown plus three catches. Hear me out. The more volume he gets and the more shootout games that they have to be in because their defense has given up a ton of points and Gardner Minshew's at the helm, you will get a vintage JT. He's going to get the carries. Zach Moss is going to get relegated back to a change of pace back or just a guy that gives JT a breather and follow the money. Colts paid the man. They want him to be the horse. He's going to go out there and gallop. 
write it out with JT for the rest of the year. I know there's people that are probably going to be trying to throw you offers based on what he didn't do uh, weeks one through six. Don't listen to that. JT is back to being in the same spot that you would have drafted him in had he not been on the pup list. Write him out. And my last baller for week number seven, AJ Brown, 10 catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. This is the alpha dog in Philly. Possible wide receiver one league-wide going forward. The best part about A.J. Brown balling out is the domino effect it has on the other Eagles fantasy players. He's going to demand a double, maybe even a triple team, which will open things up for Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. And to a certain extent, Julio Jones in the red zone. And it's going to open things up for the run game. So you DeAndre Swift owners, you Jalen Hurts owners, guess what? As long as A.J. Brown's balling, you can get those chunk yards on the ground. Big plays. You can get a lot of one-on-one coverage for DeAndre Swift in the flats with linebackers, and I'll get take DeAndre Swift on that any day. A.J. Brown is going to be the main factor in the Eagles' offense. That, in turn, is going to make everybody else be able to take advantage of matchups, roll with A.J. Brown for the rest of the year, possible wide receiver one in all of fantasy by the time the season is done. On the flip side, we have our bums, and we say it every week here on Fantasy Island. Anyone can get it. So I'm going to throw out three names that are far from bums in real-life football, but in Week 7, they were bums. Call it like we see it. I'm starting off with B. John Robinson, the elephant in the room. I don't care that Atlanta's coach didn't disclose whatever was going on with Bijan. I don't care that he gets really questionable usage week in and week out. All he did this past week was put on pads. Got a three-yard carry to set up the game-winning field goal after two hours of football. Got no attention whatsoever as far as snaps, meaningful touches. When the coach was asked, he said he had he wasn't feeling too good during pregame warm-ups, so they decided to limit his touches. So Bijan Robinson ended up giving you a big goose egg in your lineup. Here's the positives. Desmond Ritter is getting better. He is deciding to air it out a little bit more. The Atlanta Falcons are also in a lot of close games, and they're going to have to eventually turn into their most athletically gifted playmaker, which is Bijan Robinson. Also, Atlanta's still in the hunt. There's nobody really in the NFC South that is completely out of it. Uh, eight and eight record could possibly win this division. So as long as Atlanta is still in it, Ritter is developing as a passer and a playmaker, and Bijan Robinson is Bijan Robinson and healthy. He'll continue to be the running back that you drafted him as. But you did take that big goose egg this past week, so of course his rest of season ranking drops down a little bit. Don't worry about it. It's going to take a monster offer, offer to get him off your hands, but. Also, if you have an owner in your league that is super frustrated with Bijan and the way they've been using him, throw an offer out there, try to acquire him on your team. My next week seven bum, Mr. Reliable Cooper Cup, went for two catches for 29 yards. This is more to do with Puka being way more open than Cup and the Steelers zone working to take Cup out of the game plan because they didn't respect the running game. Well, what we did find out about the Rams in that heartbreaking Week 7 loss 
is they actually still have that running game. It's going to be a combination of Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson. It's not exactly Kyron Williams, but they're not going to shy away from the run. Chalk this up as just a Cooper Cup bad game. He's still a wide receiver one going forward. And here's the other one. He's a top 10 wide receiver going forward. And so is Puka. Buy into this Rams offense. They're going to throw it a ton. Win or lose. If anything, the Rams are out there to play for your fantasy team. Buy in. My last bum for week seven, and I hate that he's on this list, Mr. Austin Eckler. Again, back-to-back sub-10 point games. But on the bright side, he's still getting the volume. He's just getting let down by the coaching, just like Justin Herbert has his whole career, just like the Chargers have been for the past, I don't know how many years. There's not, they're not doing him any favors with the play calling. He got outworked by Joshua Kelly. We don't expect that going forward. Good football coaches should be able to see good football players and adjust. I'm going to go kind of glasses half full on the Chargers right now and figure they eventually get it together. In order to get it together, you need to feed Eckler, whether that be quality touches on dump offs, designed screens, runs, whatever it takes. There's no way that Eckler should be underperforming win or lose for the Chargers. I wouldn't worry about Eckler, but because of these past two performances that he put up in consecutive weeks and coming off a bye, he definitely is not going to give you the return of investment when it came down to where you drafted him, probably at like a 1-3 or 1-4, depending on where he went in your draft. Don't worry. He's still better than 98% of the guys out there. I'd roll with Eckler for the rest of the year. Now going into our overachievers. And if you guys are new to the show, these are guys that put up a hell of a performance, but it's just not something that we expect to sustain or something that we come to expect from these players. And we're going to start off in Chicago with Deontay Foreman. Next man up indeed. Roshan Johnson is still out with a concussion. Khalil Herbert, high ankle sprain on IR. Justin Fields. Mending to that busted thumb. Deontay Foreman was the offense for the Bears against the atrocious Raiders. 120 total yards, three catches, three touchdowns. He did his thing. But remember this. If you have listened to this show and you've listened to Sweet Tea and you've listened to R.W. King, Roshan Johnson is the real deal. He's in, the, he's in concussion protocol. He will come back. He isn't going to lose his job as second string running back on this team to Deontay Foreman just because he physically couldn't go out there and play. If anything, you're looking at a split backfield with Deontay Foreman being the bruiser and Roshan Johnson being your pass catcher and your slasher. Both of these backs will be factored in going forward, especially with Khalil Herbert still being out with no timetable when he comes back. Both should be rostered, but keep in mind, this may be Deontay Foreman's best game. If you were to ask me, probably ask Sweet Tea as well. Roshan Johnson is the back to own in Chicago going forward. Another name on the overachievers list, but we did tell you to pick him up. Gardner Minshew goes for four touchdowns, 330 yards. Out of four of those touchdowns, two of them rushing touchdowns. Minshew will continue to be a high volume passer. That's just what he is. He's a gunslinger. He has weapons on the outside. He's going to do everything he can to keep his team in it because they will be involved in shootouts going forward. Don't expect the rushing TDs. 
Don't expect Gardner Vic to be coming back anytime soon. That was just him making a play, but that's the gamble you take with Gardner Minshew. He can make a play, but sometimes that play may be a fumble or an interception, or he may give you two rushing touchdowns on the day. That's why we play. With Gardner Minshew at the helm, all Colts fantasy options get a huge boost. Now, I'm a huge Anthony Richardson guy, but that's me being selfish as a Anthony Richardson owner. He's going to vulture goal line looks. He's going to go first read and then take off if it's not there and get those rushing yards. So with Anthony Richardson at the helm, you're really capped as far as what to expect from the other fantasy relevant players on the Colts. But with Minshew at the helm, he's going to air it out. That means Josh Downs. That means Michael Pittman getting those catches. That means JT getting those dump offs, JT getting those design runs. The Colts are not a bad team. They are still in the AFC South race. Gardner Minshew is not sorry. You're going to write it out with Gardner Minshew, especially if you picked him up as a streamer because you had somebody on by like Dak or you've been running out there with who knows. A lot of quarterbacks have been underperforming. Gardner Minshew may be the answer for you at quarterback. We told you to pick him up in the waiver wire weeks ago. Gardner Minshew was no fluke. As long as he's the starting quarterback for the Colts, I expect him to at least be on the fantasy radar. And speaking of quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor for the Giants. 300 total yards and two touchdowns. Is there a quarterback controversy in New York? There probably isn't because Danny Dimes got the coin. He's the one that got the big check. They're going to go to him as soon as he's healthy. But now you got a little bit of time that you can work with with Danny Dimes. Hey, he's filling at 80%. Go ahead and chill until you're about 100%. They got Tyrod Taylor out there. So what happens when you have Tyrod Taylor under center? What you get is more opportunities for New York pass catchers. That'd be Jalen Hyatt, Wondell Robinson, or Darren Waller. These guys were kind of non-existent when Danny Dimes was under center. And now that Tyrod Taylor has come in and give this offense a, a, a spark and a boost, I would say... All of these guys are in play for fantasy relevance, especially Waller. He's back to being tight end one status instead of a guy that's just taking up a spot on your roster. Jalen Hyatt, Wondell Robinson. These guys are both a newer version of Sterling Shepard, and you should expect them to get huge chunk yards and downfield passes. And Wendell Robinson, for PPR purposes, uh, can definitely give you a flex-worthy performance. And even in a loss. And all of this still opens up things for Mr. Saquon Barkley. With a competent passer under center, it just makes things easier for Saquon. He's still going to be the workhorse. He's still going to be the focal point of the offense. But with Tyrod Taylor leading the Giants, I just have more faith in their fantasy options. But temper expectation, Daniel Jones will eventually come back. Monitor injury reports, monitor practice reports but until that happens Tyrod is definitely a high-end streamer and should be rostered these are our week seven storylines that are going to impact the rest of your season if you agree disagree think I'm full of shit drop a comment throw an email our way we'll definitely try to get you on air we'll definitely try to hear your point on why we're wrong why you're right who knows we just want you to interact with us because it makes us better Making us better will eventually make your team better. 
if you're listening. So on behalf of Mr. Sweet T, Mr. R.W. King, I'm Bombo. See you next time on the island. Peace.